Welcome to Your Torah, a 36-week journey into the world of the 63 books of the Mishnah, 18 minutes at a time. A project of Jofa UK, designed as a special invitation to engage in Torah and make it yours. If you'd like to sponsor or dedicate an episode of Your Torah, please get in touch via our website, which can be found at ukjofa.org. Hi, everybody. This is Jordana Osband. I'm thrilled to be recording another episode of this amazing Mishnah podcast. Today, I will be doing a little-known Masechet called Tevul Yom, which is the 10th Masechet in the Seder of Taros. And it deals with a set of halachot around a person who immersed in a mikvah in order to go from Tameh to Tahor. But even after the immersion in the mikvah happens, they do not technically become Tahor until the actual evening. And there are particular halachot about what happens with that type of person if they were to touch truma, truma being the food that the kohanim got to eat, which needs to stay ritually tahor. And there's some specific halachot around that. And that's what a tavul yom means, a person tavul who did tevila, who immersed yom during the day, but is not actually become fully tahor. So before we actually talk a little bit more about the Masachet itself and its contents, the Masachet includes four prakim. It's not very long. And I want to review the psukim that inform the halachot that we learn in the Mishnah itself. The first set of psukim we find in Vayikra, Perakut Aleph Psukim Lamed Bet through Lamed Gimel. And this is talking about what happens if a kli, if a vessel, somehow becomes Tameh. The psukim beforehand just went through enlisted a bunch of types of animals, which we call a sheretz, uh, which basically are things that creep around the earth, like a rat, a mouse, things like that, a chameleon. And these are considered to be things that are tahor. Pasuk Lamedbet reads the following. Anything that falls upon them, bimutam, even if they're dead, yitame, they become tame. Mikol kli eats, whether the vessel is made out of wood, O beged, whether it is a piece of clothing, O or, whether it is made out of leather like skin, O sack, or it's a sackcloth, kokli asher yasa melachabahem, any type of vessel by which work is done, vamayim yuva, it has to be brought into water, vitame adha'er vitaher. So it needs to be immersed into the mikvah, and then it is considered to be tame until the evening, and then it becomes tahor. So normally when we think about going to the mikvah in terms of when a woman goes when she's in the status of nida, as soon as she goes, she automatically enters from a status of tameh into tahor. Here we learn something very interesting, which is the act of tevila, the act of immersion takes place during the day, but we also need a period of time to pass as well, and that does not happen until the Arab. So we have this benoni period of a tevul yom that takes place from when a kli has immersed until the kli actually becomes tahor in the evening. The Pasuk continues and says, the kol kli cherish, and any vessel that's made out of clay, asher yipomehem, el tocho, that any of this type of sherets falls inside of it, kol asher patocho tishburu. Anything that is inside of that vessel also becomes tahor. There isn't a way to actually make this clean. You can't actually make it tahor and you actually have to break that vessel. So that is the halacha of a tavul yom that has to do with kalim. Then if we look in Vayikra, Perak Chafbet, chapter 22, Psukim Vav through Zion, verses 6 through 7, we read the following halacha. 
Somebody who touched something that made them tameh until the evening. That person is not allowed to eat from anything that is holy. Unless he has cleaned his skin with water. What does that mean to clean his skin? It means that that person would have had to have gone to the mikvah. What has to happen? When the sun goes down, the taher, then they become tahor. And then afterwards, they are allowed to eat from the holy things, because it is their bread. So what are they talking about? Here, it's talking about a case of a Kohen who became Tameh, needs to go to the mikvah to become Tahor, because if they're in a state of impurity, they need to go to the mikvah before they are allowed to actually eat truma. Truma was the special food that everybody had to take. If you were a Yisrael and you grew crops, you would take a portion of your crops and you would give it to the Kohanim because the Kohanim were not landowners, but it needs to be eaten in a state of being Tahor. But what does this Pasuk teach us? That even though they've gone to the mikvah during the day in order to undergo that transformation from becoming Tameh to Tahor, until the sun actually sets, they are not Tahor. So what this Tavul Yom is dealing with is with the Halachot around a person who immersed in the mikvah but has not yet become Tahor. And according to Chazal, one of the leniencies we have is that we know that a Kohen can actually eat Truma until they become fully Tahor, so they would not be able to eat the Truma until the sun actually goes down. But the question becomes, what happens if a Tavul Yom touches Truma? What would happen to that Truma? Because they are not fully Tahor yet. So normally, if Truma becomes Tameh, you actually have to destroy it. There's no way to make it Tahor, and you're not allowed to eat it at all. But here we have something that Chazal is mekel over, the rabbis were mekel over, and that if a tevulium touches truma, it does not become tameh, it does not become impure, but rather it becomes pasul. It becomes something that's unfit, you're not allowed to eat it, but you don't actually have to destroy it. And this was a special kula that was made for the Tavul Yom. This has to do with a lot of Tumas and Taras. Always when I learn and read these Masechtot, I'm amazed to think that these were the Halachot that really took up a lot of time for Jewish people because these were things that were very important to how they lived their life. And they're not really things that seem very practical to us today. But as I think I said before in my previous podcast, I think Mishnah always gives us great insight into what life was like at a different period of time for Jews, what halachot they were concerned with. We can learn about their way of life. And also we can see some of the rabbinic thinking about how they took different situations based on these psukim and how they learned to decide whether this case is tameh, tahor, or just would be a case of the truma being pasul. So I'm going to learn two mishnas with us today. They're both short, just to give you a little bit of a taste of what tavul yom looks like. The first one is from Perak Bet, from chapter 2, Mishnah Dalet. And it reads as follows. So let's say somebody made something, mikpa is porridge, and chamita is a batter cake, and it's chulin. Chulin means it's something that is not kadosh. Anybody can eat chulin. Rashi explains actually that the chamita was a thin cake that was put inside the mikpa into the porridge. Sounds delicious. Looks like a good healthy breakfast for me. Okay, so this was of chulin. But then somebody poured on top of it, the oil, there's 
oil of truma that was put on top of it. And this tevul yom comes along. They're not fully tahor yet. And what do they do? They touch the shemen. They touch the oil. Okay? So what happens? Is the whole thing pasul? Can the whole thing not be eaten now? No. The Mishnah answers, lo pasal ela hashemen. The only thing that is pasul is the actual oil itself. But the hulin piece, the piece of it that anybody could eat that was not kadosh, that can still be eaten. The imchi baits, let's say he stirred, right? The same way that we sometimes we have a plate of hummus and we stir oil, we pour oil and then we stir it around. Komach kom shehilecha shemen pasal. Anywhere that the oil touched, that would be pasul because you wouldn't actually be able to separate the special porridge and batter cake from the oil itself. So this is, I think many of the other missions here are very, very technical and get into things. What if you have something that's hulin, touching something that's truma, it's called chibor, like they're touching each something, they're attached to each something. But this is a very, very, very basic Mishnah that explains a basic concept of what the tevul yom is. If you have something that's truma, the tevul yom touches the truma, that truma becomes pasul, but the chulin itself is actually okay. I'm learning these Mishnahs a little bit out of order, and I'm also going to go through the first Mishnah of this parak. I chose this Mishnah because it actually just introduces some important concepts in Tuma and Tara of how Tuma can actually be transmitted through liquid. Less actually having to do with Tzvul Yom, but it's just more of an important concept that you will see come up in many other discussions about Tuma and Tara. So the first Mishnah of this parak reads as following. Mashked Tzvul Yom. Fluids that come from a tevul yom, anything that was secreted from a tevul yom, things like saliva, urine, tears, human milk that would come from a woman, kimashkin shuhu no So what are they like? They are like all liquids that the tevul yom touches. Meaning what? Elu ve'elu enam mitamim. None of them become tame. We say basically that even though the tevul yom is not fully tahor, if he or she touches liquid, they do not become tame, and if any liquid comes out of them, if somebody is tame, okay, and they have liquid that comes out of them, and this is a very important concept in Tumantara, like tears or urine or saliva or breast milk, something like that, those things also are tame, and if they touch something else, they can make those things tame. But if it's secretions of a tevul yom, because they're in this quasi state of being tahor, they actually cannot make things tame with their secretions. Ushar kol but all other things that are impure, bein kalin, bein chamurim, whether they're impurity of a lesser degree or whether they're an impurity of a higher degree. So we won't go into all the details of what that actually means, but a lesser degree would be something like a dead sheretz, which is what we were just talking about. Tame of a higher degree would be a zav, somebody who has some type of emission that comes from them, that would be the category of a zav. In those cases, somebody who is tummy because they touched fluids that come from a sheretz or somebody who's a zav and then has secretions that come from them, those fluids actually can impart tuma. And it's similar if they touch any secretions or any liquids, those things also become tummy. These and those are first. Except for a liquid that what is considered to be tuma. 
there are different degrees of tuma and tara. There's something that's called a Rishon Latuma, a Shani Latuma, and then there's something that's called an Avha Tuma. An Avha Tuma is considered to be the highest level of Tuma. So the fluids that come from a Sheretz or from a Zav, those are going to be actually like a first degree. Okay, Chutz min Hamashke Shuhu Avha Tuma, except for liquid that is actually considered to be avhatuma. And an example of that would be in the category of a zub, their actual saliva and their urine. So again, I know that this Mishnah is a little bit confusing and introduces some interesting concepts, but I think the thing to really get out of this Mishnah is sort of the concept that there are different types of liquids or secretions that a person who's in a state of being tame can actually impart that tuma onto other things if those actual secretions touch something else. And that a tavul yom, though, what the exception of the tavul yom is, is that even their secretions cannot make something tame because they're in this weird state where they're not fully tahor, but yet they're not really tame. Thank you so much for learning with me again. I hope we'll have another opportunity to learn. And good luck learning this masachet. This episode of Your Torah is brought to you by Jofa UK, in collaboration with women from around the world who all share a passion for Torah study. If you are enjoying Your Torah, consider sponsoring an episode. Find out more by visiting ukjova.org. Join the conversation on social media using the hashtag YourTorah.